Welcome to Warren Radio. With your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. One. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag Warren Radio and hashtag WatchmanIS216 on Instagram, hashtag Warren Radio, LinkedIn, hashtag Watchman, and you can join us on USA.life or MeWe by using hashtag Warren Radio, and join us on Parlor by using at WatchmanDGS. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. You can also listen to the shows on warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. And please take time to read the pertinent articles by The Watchman. They apply to this day and age we live in and they're inspired. Behold justice, judgment, and mercy. In time judgment, justice and mercy will arrive. Today it is hard to find mercy, let alone justice, in the earth. Many people, many follow that which seems right in their own eyes. This path will lead them to destruction. Go to danaglinsmith.com to read that article. Action prophecy shaking nations. It is happening now. The shaking of nations, men and nations with their own agenda. From a movement of rebellion to, do, to seduce the world, it is no simple matter that many in America want and actively fund an overthrow of the United States of America. Yet, in their eagerness to get what they want, they have forgotten one thing. And don't miss this latest article, Father, Call No Man Your Father. Today we look at the word father and miss, and understand in the world there are those that for centuries pushed deception. Those articles can be found on warn-usa.com. And also we have the latest Warn Radio Classic series, The Saints of God Walking in the Light. Saints of God Walking in the Light is a featured Warren Radio series classic. Inheritance is the result of the full, complete revelation and manifestation of the sons of God, of the Son of God to us and our response to that inheritance. This entire series is in one published post and you can find that on warren-usa.com. And now I welcome in the Watchman.
You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. And uh, well, this is exciting. We're in uh, part 61 of Isaiah, Crown of Pride. And uh, you know, this is uh, 28, so a couple more chapters, and uh, you know, we just have a few more chapters, and we'll be halfway through Isaiah. Wow. That'll be cool. Yeah, it took a long time to get here. Yes, it did. This is a real extensive study, and we put in a lot of things with it. So it's beginning to dawn on us that uh, summer is uh, trying to go south (laughs) for the winter. (laughs) That's a bad word, winter. I know. Togety Pass already has snow on it. Wow. That's crazy. And uh, I didn't check around the state for all the rest of the other snow. Well, a few days ago, Jackson had snow. Jackson, Wyoming, didn't they? Or up in the Grand Tetons? Well, I'm almost positive that they would have gotten it. If if Togety gets it, they'll get it. Yeah. That whole region is very, very mountainous and, and it gets lots of snow. Lots of snow. You know, there are rangers that live up there year-round. Yeah. You know, you think about it. A lot of people live up there (laughs) year-round. I'm not one of them. Well, no, the rangers are in the park. Yeah. They have the little village there at Moose that they live at, and then they go into the park. You go into the park, there ain't nothing but 10, 12, 14 feet of snow. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, you know, many years ago, I had relatives that uh, uh, ran a a park up there in the mountains, probably about an hour's drive from Togety. And uh, in the wintertime, they had races. They had all kinds of things. And this was many, many years ago when snowmobiles were really heavy and they weren't like they are today. And you would go off trail and that's where you would go. And uh, man, I'll tell you, if you're not used to driving them, you can get them stuck. And then when you get out off the machine, you start going down in the snow. Because the machine is on top of the snow, except for the part that's dug in. So at any rate, we did get it undone. It wasn't really bad. But it does, you know, you skim over the top of the deep snow and you you don't even know it. You, You know, you know it's deep, but you don't know it because you just skim over the top of it. But once you get out, you go straight down. I would not enjoy that 
Thank you. <clears throat> well, you know, the people that live up there, they, they have winter sports all the time, winter stuff. You know, I prefer the mountains in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, me too. <clears throat> well, at any rate, we're going to do this today. We're going to be talking about the Crown of Pride, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part, part 61. And uh, we'll get into the middle of that. So uh, I'm going to do this. And okay, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Well, when we're talking about a crown of pride, boy, that's a big subject. But there's a few uh, terms we want to relate for this chapter. Um, in Genesis 49:22, now we're going to be talking about Ephraim because that's um, another name for Samaria. And uh, <clears throat> also the northern tribes. And when we look at Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh were the, the two sons of Joseph and, and Azanath. Uh, they were born in Egypt. And, uh, of course, you know very well that Joseph was the second uh, only to the king. And he married well. He married uh, into a pagan uh, priest, uh, uh, his daughter. And uh, I've always said that uh, I believe she would have understood the God that Joseph uh, was following because she would have known of the interpretations that he gave of the dreams and the things he was able to do. And it was basically the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that saved not only Egypt, but especially uh, Jacob and all of his family, among whom was Joseph, which they didn't know that at the time this big plague hit. Well, at any rate, uh, um, <clears throat> both uh, Joseph and Manasseh were his sons. And uh, they became the ancestor of a tribe in Israel. But the thing that's interesting is when Jacob went to um, put a blessing on the children, he put it on Manasseh, uh, on uh, Ephraim instead of Manasseh. Now, see, when you get into some of the um, commentaries on this, you know, they they will say. Uh, some of them will say that Jacob preferred the younger. That's not even what this is about, and I totally disagree with this. Jacob was well attuned uh, when he was putting these blessings on the children, and he put it upon Ephraim being led of the Lord, and I firmly believe that. And, of course, um, this never bodes well for the oldest. Now, Ephraim, and we look at Samaria, the kingdom of Ephraim has the capital. The capital was Samaria. 
And this is interesting background because it's important to understand the verbiage or the words that are used. Uh, the city, Samaria, was built by Omri. And uh, Omri was the sixth king of northern Israel. Uh, he was founded of, uh, of the Illard dynasty, if I said that right, which reigned for almost 50 years. This You're looking at the time frame of 887 to 876. Now you can find uh, the sources of his reign in 1 Kings 16 and 1 Kings 20. And you can read the verses in there, it'll tell you. Um, in the excavations of Samaria, you can find uh, uh, more about the Moabite stone, the Assyrian uh, inscriptions. And, of course, the Moabites uh, were not really friendly to Israel all the time uh, at all. So uh, he was a military king, and um, Omri purchased what we call or what is called the hill of Samaria of Shemer and he bought it for two talents of silver which equals to a little under 800 British pounds and he built the city on it and called it after the name of Shemer which was Samaria and so that's how we get Samaria so you're going to be these are going to play very heavily in what we're talking about. And, of course, Shemer is the owner of the hill, which uh, Omri brought, just to make sure you understood that. And Shemer, being an ancient clan name, um, so at any rate, If we get to 1 Kings 16, 21, then the people of Israel divided into two parts. Half of the people followed Tibni, the son of Genath, to make him king, and half followed Omri. Now, we always had this problem a lot of times uh, that Israel's divided over who to make king. We find that with Solomon as well. But the people that followed Omri prevailed against the people that followed uh, Tibni and the, the son of Ganath and Tibni died and Omri reigned and of course this is um, pretty much how it worked now this that's how he came to power um, so but the thing of it is is that uh, when we get down to verse 24 of first Kings 16 it says and he bought the hill of Samaria the hill Samaria of Shemer and uh, it says right in there that and called the name of the city which he built after the name of Shemer, owner of the hill, Samaria. And so these are, this is how he got there and how Samaria got there. And it says, but Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than were all before him. And he walked in all the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their vanities. And, and you've seen this in Israel. I mean, if they had a good king, Hezekiah was a good king, the people prevailed and did good. 
they served the Lord and did everything they were supposed to. When they had a bad king uh, and did evil, the people followed them in the evil. And uh, it follows that way in churches, too, whether you like it or not. You know, you can, you can have a pastor that is not right. And he leads the whole congregation in the wrong way. And, and you can see that also in presidents. You get a certain president in there, you can look at Obama. You know, he was, he was more anti-Christ than he was uh, anything else. He was opposed to Christian, Christianity. And a lot of Christians suffered under him as far as uh, in the business realm. Many of them were sued. And there's a lot of issues with him. Now, if you get into Trump, he's pro-Christian, probably the most pro-Christian that's ever been. Uh, the most uh, pro-Israel president that we've ever had and the most pro-life president and the most MAGA president. I mean, you can that's just what he is. And of course, uh, if you're a Democrat, you don't like all those things because you're not MAGA and you're not necessarily pro-Israel. Matter of fact, in the, in, when we get back to even the Democrats, uh, you know, their whole thing that they did uh, with Joe Hyden Biden, well, you know, he didn't fare too well. You know, Anything to God, Pledge of Allegiance, things like this were left out, pretty much, from what I've seen of it. At any rate, you know, there's no doubt that when you get into the politics of things and, and you get into the running of countries, you can lead the whole place downhill. And the problem you got in Israel, when the king started doing bad, then the priests and the prophets and all the rest of them usually went with them. And, of course, when the judgment finally fell, not only on the northern tribe of Israel, which this one is, uh, but also on Judah. Because when Judah, after Jeremiah warned them for so long, they were overrun by Babylon. And we've been discussing that in previous chapters. And, of course, you can go right on back and you can find scripturally where everybody from the people to the prophet to the priest to the king, you know, politics as well as religious, everything had fallen away from the Lord God. And so in verse 1, you know, this is, this is why this section is called about the crown of pride. Woe unto the crown of pride. <laughs> now, I got news for you, folks. Woe to the crown of pride. Uh, the, that is a big verse. And we have a lot of pride today. Uh, pride in America. Americans got a lot of pride. Politicians got a lot of pride. America itself has a lot of pride. Iran has pride. We got a lot of places. Uh, China has a lot of pride. Matter of fact, they're proud in, in the fact that the communist regime are the ones in charge. And, of course, they took it upon themselves to take on God. <clears throat> by destroying the churches there and by persecuting the church at a never-ending uh, scenario that continues today. Uh, we look at the same thing happening down in India, trying to make it a Hindu state and uh, basically removing the Christians and persecuting them. And we've talked about that as well in our program yesterday. You can definitely see it. So when we talk of this in, in the fact that Ephraim, now, we're talking about the northern tribe. We're talking about, and, and Samaria is mentioned in here as predominant. So woe to the crown of pride to the drunkards of Samaria. 
I'm laughing because, you know, I mean, people like their, what we call in the West, hoochie pop. You may not ever heard that term, but that means liquor or beer or whatever. And uh, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is as a fading, uh, fading flower, which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome by wine. And, and there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of phrases in here. I mean, you know, crown of pride, drunkards of, Ever, uh, of, Ephraim, uh, of Ephraim, the glorious beauty is a flame, uh, fading flower, the head of the fat valleys that are overcome with wine. So you, you see here a luscious valley that produces a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, it was a glorious place, but it became a fading flower because of the drunkards. They're drunk. They're, they party. They have fun. They forgot about the things. And, uh, and it's interesting here when we talk about the drunkards of, of Ephraim. Um, because if you get into Isaiah 19, and I like this verse, and the reason I like it is because it, it has a prophetic aspect to it, as all these do. Um, you know, for instance, when we talk about the drunkards of Ephraim, and we're literally talking about drunken with wine, um, but there's a drunkenness here, even in, in prophecy, where people are drunk on life itself, drunk on living the dream. Uh, drunk on every every kind of of uh, lust and thing that is out there, and so when we see drunk intoxication, I mean, even when we see the woman uh, in Revelation seventeen, and then uh, we see Babylon in Revelation eighteen, uh, we see her with a cup. A wine, it, it, it's like a wine or a champagne glass. It's full of wine. And it has abominations in it, and it's overflowing. And, of course, it, it has the scenario of, well, it's alcohol. You drink it, and you get drunk, and you have fun, and do whatever. But that wine that she's talking about is lust and fornication and every kind of evil there is, and they imbibe in it. Like you're, they're, they become giddy in sin and iniquity, and it's just so great, and they, they splash around in it. Now, if you if you have a garden, and if you live in an area like we do, you'll find everybody, everything from the birds uh, to even the bees and the wasps who actually go down into the water. I mean, I set out several places of water for them, and they'll just splash around. And they, they will drink and, you know, and I refill it. And there's wasps and bees flying all over our place. We've got a lot of them, and they never bother you. But at any rate, you, you, can, you, know, you can see them enjoying themselves, you know. Hummingbirds, butterflies, you know, I've seen them all dip in, in that water. And see, when you're talking prophecy and end time, I mean, this is the way human nature is. It's fallen nature. You know, and Revelation 17, you know, they, oh, man, in the end times, they're just glorious in this perversion. Now, see, when we get into Isaiah 19 now, 
this talks about it, and, and it and it brings a little different thing. It, it along the line of what I'm talking about. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in the midst thereof, a perverse spirit. This is a spirit of judgment, because they have rejected the truth and they have gone their own way, and so this perverse spirit, unclean spirit, which fills the land. And have caused, now this here, it says, and they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof, as a drunken man staggereth in his vomit. And then verse 29, says, uh, and this is uh, Isaiah 19, Stay yourselves in wonder, cry ye out, and cry, They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Now, if we move forward then in in Amos four uh, one and six one, <clears throat> it refers to Samaria. Or as we called it, Ephraim, disgraced by this national drunk drunkenness. But it's not just drunkenness, because Anytime you drink, there's evils that accompany that kind of behavior. Now, the language of it leads you to believe, expresses the fact of worldly luxuries and pleasures. And as we all know, that's all temporal. It's going to fade away someday. And so when Amos gets in here in one, hear this word, you kind of Bashan that are in the mountains of Samaria, which oppress the poor, he calls them a bunch of cattle. <laughs> you know, you're a bunch of fat cattle in the mountains. <laughs> and you oppress, oppress the poor, crush the needy, and say to their masters, bring and let us drink. So they get drunk. They live their life. They're fat cats. They don't worry about the poor that are starving. They're taking care of themselves. Six one says, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Now you see, that little term, ease in Zion, we see that numerous times. And whenever I see this, and we talk, uh, Zion is that place, not only in Israeli uh, and uh, Christian prophetic Zionism, we see it, uh, but Zion is a place that you refer to as that place of heaven, that nice place. That's your hope. And so these people have reached that place of hope. They're at ease. They have wealth. They have uh, safety. They have lots of food. They can eat, drink, and be merry and get drunk. And matter of fact, there's a warning in uh, Luke uh, 21, 34 through 36 that warns Christians not to be like that. Don't get so caught up that the day uh, comes upon you unaware. That's the day of judgment. And uh, matter of fact, right after that, it says uh, this little prayer that I say all the time and I tell the listeners and those who read my articles to read and pray. And that's watch and pray always that you would be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's a prayer of deliverance, and it's a command to pray always. And so you, you see this thing. And so the glorious beauty is a fading flower. Well, we can look in America. You know, one time there was a hope in America, and every American here had that hope. 
Uh, and that's not the case anymore. We, we've got a, basically the Democratic Party who are pushing socialism. We have governors. Uh, matter of fact, uh, there's probably five or six Democratic governors now that are in total lockdown when they don't need to be that uh, have allowed um, Black Lives Matter and Antifa to pretty much pillage and do what they want. You know, it, it's been probably about a year ago or so I was looking at some videos uh, of what was going on in some of the cities. And this one, it looked like it was some kind of a pharmacy, uh, drugstore type. And these uh, five black guys came in and they had big bags with them and they went right down the line of the whole thing, uh, the whole row. And they scooped everything in there into that bag. They were all doing that and then they left, went out and there was people watching them. Nobody stopped them. So it, it is not uncommon then today now to see what we've seen where there's pillaging and these people think that they have a right to pillage simply because they're black and uh, which is a sin in itself, uh, pillaging. And, uh, you know, the whole argument is, well, you know, you got to excuse me for robbing, and let's see, they're lighting fires, that's arson, they're murdering, first-degree murder. We've seen this. We've seen them do a lot of evils, and they all justify it. Well, the Democrats didn't do anything. And so when we look at this, when we when we look at this in historical prophecy and historical word of God, we can see a picture of what's happening in America today. Uh, America, many Americans have been at ease in Zion, America, you know. It's been their Zion. It's been a place of freedom and safety. No Christian persecution. Everything's been pretty good. And now all of a sudden, all the things that they rejoiced in, you know, is, gonna, is under judgment. Things are falling apart. And so... This is a direct assault right here, talking about what the issues are in, in the life of a nation, for instance, and of a people. Now, see, we are under the new covenant now, so technically we we don't have to worry. But if you were in the old covenant, if you did anything wrong, that was it. Um, you know, you're done. Under the new covenant, we have the ability, because Christ overcame, to ask him to forgive us, to turn around and follow him. And we see a lot of people who've lived uh, either a partial life or maybe their entire life living in sin and iniquity and doing what they want and being on drugs and every other thing that they want to do, including murder and many other things. And we see them repenting and turning around. And uh, now, <clears throat> when it talks about the flower now fading... Um, upon the head of the valley of fatness of those slain with wine. That was Isaiah 16.8. But w we get up here to Isaiah 28.1. It says, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower. But if we refer back to Isaiah 16.8, they're slain with, with wine. And the valley was so blessed so full of fruitfulness it belonged to the Ephraimites and they were given over to drink but there again 
we can see people given over to drink, but it's more than just drinking the wine because that leads them into other areas. Samaria had stood and still, you know, at this time was on a beautiful hill. You can see it there, lifting up. And it commanded a view of the country round about. And, and it was in the descriptions we see, it, it's regal. It stands there, you know, head held high, beautiful, gorgeous hill, full of abundance. And, of course, if you had that hill and everything was fine, you might have a tendency, you know, to drink. Because why? Well, you got plenty of it. Uh, you're doing good. You have a lot of money. So eat, drink, and be merry. And then that gets carried over. And before long, when you're doing this kind of thing, it's empty. Even for millionaires, your money is, is nothing after a while. You don't want to get rid of it, but you can buy anything on earth, and your problems are not money-centered. Your problems are the fact uh, laying in a relationship area and loneliness and many others. I mean, how many times have I seen billionaires that were old that had a young uh, 20-something gorgeous woman on his you know on his arm all the time because he wanted company and uh, who knows what else uh, she provided but see this this is the thing money is not going to give you everything and of course the adage is well it may not be everything but it it means a lot to me because that's how I have a house and whatever you know and so th the issue here is, yeah, you can have some wine, but you don't want to be an imbiber all the time. You don't want to eat, drink, and get merry, uh, get merry every day. You know, you, you, know, you, you got to go to work. You got to work. And, you know, you got to keep your eyes on the Lord. Now, see, as a believer, we have a total separation from, from the apostles when we look at it. And, and the apostles spent a lot of time warning the people to whom they had brought the gospel of how they were to live. And they lifted up examples from the Old Testament of judgment. And so to say that the Old Testament is outdated is purely idiocy. And I've heard that. We got entire denominations based on that that never read the Old Testament. But I haven't found a word yet in the Old Testament, you know, textual-wise, and, uh, you know, in anything that, that we teach that can't be referred to our current day and age. And that's the way it is. And so I can guarantee you that if God is warning Samaria here, if he is warning Ephraim here, who is, of course, Samaria, and, of course, they're one of the original holders of, of the land that God had given uh, the 12 tribes, they were one of the 12 and see, it, that's not good enough. I mean, God gave you the land. He brought you in and he blessed you. And then you forsook him. And along with all this uh, drinking and all the other stuff, this is where the gods of the pagans come in. Baal and Ashtaroth and many others, which includes uh, certain sexual things along with it, as well as temple prostitution. And, of course, later on it was putting their kids to the fire and uh, so it can get really bad. And so you can call yourself the house of Israel. You can call yourself uh, of this God to whom give you this land. 
But in your drunken state, you're serving other gods. You're doing other things, and God is not going to forgive that. Uh, you know, you have to repent. And even in the Old Testament, there was repentance. But see, just like the children of Judah went into captivity, just like the northern tribes went into captivity, well, they were more scattered. But see, they never got to return officially like Judah did. Judah was officially sent back. God had prepared a King Cyrus to send them back. He told them, you go back, build a temple, rebuild your land and live there. And and that's what, what they did. They had a new start. And when they had left there, this is under the old covenant, Judah went back and they were in right stead with the God at that time. The new covenant hasn't showed up. And so <clears throat> the glorious beauty is a fading flower. Make no mistake. In Isaiah 28, 2 then, when we continue this, but the Lord, behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one, um, now, this refers to the Assyrian king. And, uh, of course, when God does this, it's the same thing that when he called Cyrus in uh, to defeat Babylon. Babylon was a tool to teach uh, Israel, for instance. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, Judah. And uh, so Babylon was used of Judah. I mean, uh, Babylon was used to... Uh, come against Judah as a tool of justice for the Lord, taken captive for 70 years, and then God judged Babylon for the way that they had handled and their boasting and their pride and other things. And so he sent his anointed, and it's mentioned that in the Old Testament, as my anointed Cyrus. And Cyrus, uh, you know, being the Persian king, of course, this is, you can go right into Iran today and you can find his a temple and things set up to him. He, there's a lot of history on him, <coughs> legal-wise as well. But he had gone in, uh, defeated, um, of course, Babylon and their kings and everything. Uh, Israel was told to leave Babylon. Israel said to, to leave Babylon and let Jerusalem come to mind. And so within all of this, uh, you know, God used that. And uh, Cyrus was known as that deliverer. And Jews today still look upon Cyrus as uh, fondly because he was what God used. Matter of fact, it, you know, Israel is the one that first came out with this. It, it was uh, um, a priest, I believe, or a theologian in Israel, one of the two. Can't remember the guy's name that would first came out. And he had given a prophecy concerning Trump. And said that he was God's Cyrus to America, so to speak, and uh, he would be used of God, and that the people would come against him. There'd be those he'd have a lot of enemies, but God would deliver him. Um, and so, at any rate, this is what the Lord does. You may not like it, but that's the way it is. So, if God does this, make sure that he can judge a nation. And he will judge a nation. And once that crown of pride gets up there, my friends, you better watch it. Now, see, while God is judging a nation, uh, and if we look back in the Old Testament, even the prophets that were there went into captivity. Now, Jeremiah was in the middle of the city when Babylon, when, uh, Jer Babylon took Jerusalem. And they just said, you can do whatever you want to. You can come back with us. You can stay here. It doesn't matter because we know you. And they liked the message he was given. And uh, God said that uh, Jeremiah would go free. 
and he did. Uh, unfortunately, the, the Jews at the time later on took him by force down into Egypt, which he prophesied and told them not to go down there. Uh, there's a reason for that, because <clears throat> there was going to be more invasions and more things going on, and you don't want to go into an area that still has another invasion coming. So uh, the Assyrian king was referred to as a tool. So that's in verse uh, 28 too. And which as a tempest of hail and destroying storm, as a flood of mighty, uh, mighty waters overflowing. Now whenever you see that, I mean, whenever you look at these, this vivid language, you know, this is referring to the troops and the might and the destruction. If you've ever had hail, and now it says a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, which could be winds along with that hail, could be heavy rains, could be flooding. And it says as a flood of mighty waters. So this is talking about not just a normal hailstorm, but a mighty storm coming in like a flood. And, and when you go through it, and if you've ever seen floods now in the mountains, uh, you can get in Colorado, you can get in Wyoming, you can get in a lot of the mountainous states that have mountains, uh, wherever they are. And it's a known fact that if you're uh, in the valley and you have the creek coming down, uh, you might call them creeks. Around here, they're creeks. Uh, so at any rate, if it's raining up yonder, you may not even see it raining or know it's raining. But sooner or later, them floodwaters are going to come. And there's been a lot of people killed by the floodwaters flowing through, you know, the very place where they're camping out and they're enjoying the nature because that's so we know around here what a destroying storm and a flood of mighty waters does and as does a lot of other people but here you don't see it coming uh if you're in the mountains uh, you can see the clouds but uh, you may be in an area where it's just calm and everything's fine and then in a second it's gone well see this is what we're talking about when that assyrian king a very very powerful army coming in and they're not coming in to make peace, folks. They're coming in for judgment. They're coming in to destroy. And these are people that have no compassion. They're going in to kill, slaughter, take captives, do whatever. And so, you know, this is not one of those things that, oh, well, it's just a little, little hail. It's just a small army. No. We're talking about, number one, this is judgment. The Lord is sending. You know, God is not going to send, you know, a mild rebuke. See, because he does that through the prophets. See, in the modern world, God sends this through his people the believers. And it's up to us to let the nation know. That's why we're salt and light. And we're to pray for our leaders so that we would have peace. There's a lot of things issued in, in the New Testament. We, we don't want the judgment. We want people to repent. You don't want judgment. Judgment's coming to the nations. Judgment's going to come. There's going to be the great wrath tribulation. 
because a lot of people are not going to listen. A lot of people in these last days will make fun. There's those who will be despisers of those that are good. They don't even have to do anything. All they have to do is be good. Try to be nice. Try to be kind. Try to follow the rules. You know, go to church. You know, whatever. They just hate you. And that's pretty much how Black Lives Matter and Antifa act when they're rioting. They just hate everybody that isn't dressed like them. They hate the cops. They want to get rid of the cops when the cops are the ones that stop all the killing and murdering and investigate everything and keep people safe. Right now, where they've tried to get rid of the cops and they've even defunded them, they have some of the worst murder rates now that they've ever had. And every one of those dumb dims up there that are in charge, the ones I've heard, and you can name them, <laughs> I can do it. I'm not going to, but, you know, they blame poor old Trump. I mean, you know, if your water don't flush in the toilet, they're blaming Trump. You know, if, you're, if your toast don't have enough butter, it's Trump's fault. And if your car runs out of gas, by God, it's Trump. These people are nuts. Well, see, people have been nuts. <laughs> and they were nuts way back in Isaiah's time, too. How would you like to be a prophet running around down there trying to tell them the same thing and you tell them in a different way, you tell them what the Lord says and they and the high priest, they have other prophets that are that are not prophets that are prophesying out of their own imaginations. They take on the true prophets. I mean, this is what you had in Israel. This is what Jeremiah faced. This is what they all faced, trying to get Judah, who should have known better, and the northern tribes, who was part of Israel. And it was the divide was because of Solomon, who had more wisdom than anybody, but later on he married so many wives, they got his heart changed to follow these other gods. So God divided the nation. See what happens? You know, they were there. They should have known better. They had history and roots, and guess what? They lost the whole shebang, and today Israel is still paying for that. People still hate them, and God said they would. So when we're talking about the Lord sending a mighty and a strong one, you better get your heads out of the nether region and understand this same God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has sent his son to die on the cross for you. He has made a way for you to ask repentance. He has put his spirit into those who have received him, and they allow them to walk in a manner that's pleasing before God. And when you don't walk in a manner pleasing before God, I don't care if you're the pope. I don't care if you're the king. I don't care if you're in the parliament. I don't care if you're in the senate. I don't care if you're in the house. I don't care if you're a drunk on the street. I don't care if you're Pelosi. I don't care if you're de Blasio. I don't care if you're Cuomo. I don't care if you're Ted Wheeler. I don't care what you are, who you are, where you are, Edie Amin. I don't care. Because this God will bring you down. This wouldn't even be happening if they would have repented. But what did Christ say? We all know John 3.16. But you follow that in context, which a lot of people won't. He told them they won't come to the light because they follow darkness. That's what they love. Be careful what you love, folks. So when we go through this, yes, we're covering Isaiah, but there's a point. 
And that point is, this is what happened. We use these as tools, as Paul says, to educate us, to teach us, to let us understand. So which is a tempest of hail and destroying storm is a flood of mighty waters overflowing, which is all the effects of an invading army upon a land, shall cast down to the earth with a hand. Now, whenever you see the hand involved, you'll find a lot of the attributes human attributes, anthropomorph, <laughs> anthropomorphism. And uh, the Lord will sweep away and destroy Ephraim with his hand, just like sweeping across a table. You know, have you ever wiped uh, something right off? Well, you know, we got a lot of squirrels here, and there's some young ones. And one day I had two or four of them running around the tree up on my house and everything back down. And so I was out there in the porch when they were doing this, and the little one came down, stopped, and started staring at me. And I gave him a push with my hand right off the porch. He just went real quickly. He landed on his feet, zipped back up the tree, and started looking at me again. See, uh, sweep him away. But I wasn't meant to destroying him. But I don't want him on my porch, and I don't want him doing what he's doing because they destroy the trees. Well, at any rate, that's a whole other story. But the bottom line, the, the truth of it is, is how easy to sweep things away. There wasn't nothing to sweep away that little critter. But he's quick on his feet and landed on his feet. But see, when the Lord sweeps away things, and he uses the back of his hand, and, and, and that's, that's the figurative part, he uses tools. And it's nothing for him to sweep them away and destroy them. Now, see, in the New Testament, God don't want to sweep you away. Now, be sure he will judge you, and you will be swept away by your own sins. But he would rather forgive you by giving you his mercy. He's provided the instrument of grace, which uses the tool of faith, He's provided that for you to stay alive. It allows for you to no more be in his anger, but be in his blessing. And I can tell you that once you've been in the cursing side and the dark side, and you get out into the light, you will know the difference. Someone asked me one time, how do I know God's blessing me? It was very simple. Because I already know what it's like the other way. And on top of that, there's the Spirit of God, which I can't even describe to you how close he is. His spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are the child of God. And you can thank God through Christ that Christ went to that cross and died for your sins, was resurrected in his right hand of the Father. And he triumphed over all principalities and powers because that enables you to repent and be reunited to your God and walk in blessing. And you as a believer can be in a nation 
with judgment fallen on it, and yet God is not going to forsake you. Now, you're going to go through trials, but he'll be with you. See, Psalm 95, it says, Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. Jeremiah 46, 7 through 8. Who is this that cometh up as a flood, whose waters are moved as rivers? Egypt rises up like a flood, and his waters are moved like the rivers. And he saith, I'll go up and will cover the earth. I'll destroy the city and the inhabitants thereof. Now that's a description of why they're described as a flood, because that's how an army, they suddenly appear as rising waters, and they sweep over the land. And because like a flood, they're everywhere. That's what happened, and that's what's going to be in the last days. Make no mistake, there will be a day of that, a day upon the nations as you've never seen. And, of course, with that, uh, now, of course, that puts us at uh, verse 3 of that. And... Uh, rather than starting that in, in midstream. I will stop there today because we will continue with that. We, Verse 3, the crown of pride. <laughs> Folks, you can't get away from the crown of pride. Woe to the crown of pride in verse 1 and the crown of pride in verse 3. Remember, pride goes before a fall. Uh, and, you know, Scripture talks about wisdom, and it talks about foolishness, and it talks about pride. If there is anything you have to worry about or be concerned about, it's pride. And we have every kind of pride you can think of. We have white pride, black pride pride, American pride, patriotic pride. We have Antifa proud, Black Lives Matter proud. We have gay pride. We have non-gay pride. We have every kind of pride you could think of. All pride and all flesh works against the will of God. This body is going to be put off. Only in Christ are we going to succeed at all. Father, thank you for your word. Bless those that hear it whenever they do. Help them to understand this, Lord. Move in their hearts in Jesus' name and keep them safe. Okay, Tower. Okay, I'm here. You know, as you were talking about Isaiah, I was thinking about how history repeats itself. But we don't seem to learn any lessons from it. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Yes, it would. Well, when you talk about pride, you know, I mean, you can see it everywhere. You know, every nation has it. And that's... Uh, some pride's good, some's bad. You know, there's no doubt about it. Today, there are a lot of problems and issues we are looking at in the world, not just in America. That's right. 
and even with, you know, the division in America, you know, I mean, you can go to China. You know, China's took on the Lord God there and destroyed every church they can find, practically, and even the ones uh, that are, um, you know, the churches that are sanctioned by China. They're even cracking down in those. I know. That's just crazy. It's, it's tragic. Well, you know, there's a lot of people in China. And the Communist Party, you know, at one time there were more Christians than were Communist Party members. And uh, nobody rises up to stop them. The Communists do whatever they want to do. And most of the people in China, there are a lot of poor people there that get by barely. And that's how they live. And China probably will never, ever do anything. And unfortunately, if you judge the Communist Party, you know, or China, the poor people get hurt. That's right. That's the way it is in North Korea. Look at Kim Jong-un. You try to do something to him, the people get hurt. But one day, justice will have its day. One day, this will stop. One day. One day, the hope will be fulfilled. Righteousness will be completed. And joy everlasting will be here. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Amen. What a day, what a glorious day that will be. Folks, you better stay close to the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. Blessings. We've got to get out of here. Go ahead, Tower. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Whenever you do, we love you. We pray for you. We're thankful for you. Thankful to the Lord. We ask that he bless you and keep you. We pray for you every day. May his mighty hand rest upon you and give you peace. Amen. Good day. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. We are the WIBR Warren Radio, the Watchman Institute for Biblical Research. Watchman Alert Radio Network. That is WIBR Warren Radio. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.